what is a demolition clause landlords it could make you half a million to a million dollars tenants it could cost your business money let's talk about it stay tuned Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Morning Minutes. Myself, Michael Bergio, Mark Novak, episode 538. Commercial leases and demolition clauses. What is it? Who does it affect? What to watch out for? How to use it in your favour? Let's talk about it. Mark, what, what is a demolition clause? Oh, Bird, you got straight, straight into it, mate. Like, straight into it. Uh, first okay. of all, yeah. you don't have any residential. You're right there, Burge. They, uh, they're only commercial. You don't have them in residential. And if a developer wants to further, say that you could put a 15, the zoning changes. Don't know if that's going to happen on some properties, but say it does. And it's a 15-storey allowance. And there's only a one-storey building there at the moment. And you're a tenant that rents the whole block of land and the whole building, which is a one-storey building. If you're a tenant and you've got a 20-year lease and suddenly the owner gets a zoning change of 15 storeys, uh, could potentially be a bit of a uh, rich tenant. Yeah, because the reality is when you do a commercial lease, it's almost your property. So if it's for five years, 10 years, it's virtually yours. Unless you breach the lease, you've got that security. So it doesn't matter what type of changes happen for a landlord it's it's yours and it's it's very hard to get them out of it unless a tenant breaches breaches the lease now what we see often put in where demolition clause can work in a lot of people's favor especially the local area where let's talk about there's a couple of reasons zoning may be changing height may be changing and a lot of landlords they because tenants a lot of tenants, they don't want to just lease a property for one or two years because they may be putting a lot in the fit out. They don't want to have to change. Moving costs money. So what we see sometimes in areas where there's talk of new zoning or height changing, that owners, if they didn't do a demolition clause, tenants wouldn't lease the property. Owners would only offer one or two year leases. And before you know it, you've got all shops empty on the main road because everyone's at a bit of a stalemate. But where a demolition clause can work in favour is it gives the tenant security, but it also sets terms around that maybe after five years, the owner can activate a demolition clause, which basically says to the owner, we're going to knock the building down to do a development. Here's six months notice. Here's one year notice. Um, and then the tenant's got plenty of notice that way. And sometimes tenants hedge their bet. They go, I know the owner wants to, they think, this is going to happen, but a lot of the time councils are slow, zoning changes are very slow. So an owner may have been told it's going to take two years, but the tenant's like, I've heard this story again, council are going to take 10 years, that's fine. Let me rent it, put the demolition clause in, I'm not confident it's going to come to fruition for a very long time, and everybody's happy. So why would a tenant, why would a tenant accept a demolition clause? Why would you just say no? Yep, but then a lot of owners just won't lease you the property. 
So an owner, the thought of being able to activate a 10-story, 15-story development, which could make millions, they're going to look at it going, well, the rent's only 50 grand. I just won't rent it. I'll have it empty. And that's where suburbs can really struggle where they've got all the shops empty because an owner is waiting for this big payday and they're willing to sacrifice it. So if a tenant just says no, the tenant says, okay, goodbye. And sometimes it's worth it for um, a tenant because their fit out's not expensive. So if you're like, if you're gonna put a McDonald's in and it's a $2 million fit out and you've got a demolition clause that's in there, you're gonna do your money. But if you're gonna put like a clothing store in, which doesn't require a big fit out, for instance, um, or an office that doesn't require much of a fit out if it's a simple office, you sort of don't mind if that demolition clause in there because you're going, you know what, I'll just get something else if that happens. Now, what we do see is owners put a figure on a demolition clause sometimes. So say you are spending 300 grand on a, on a renovation, the owner will say, I will have a demolition clause, and if I trigger the, demol the de demolition clause, I will give you 300000 and that can often be an easy way out for an owner if their property has to get developed. Yeah, so from a there's two things. From a tenant's point of view, if your fit-out's very cheap and there's not much of a fit-out, then it can be great look properties in this circumstance because instead of paying 50 grand a year rent, you may only pay 20 because the tenant, the owner struggles to find someone because they won't offer long leases about demolition calls. So sometimes you can get a really good deal and it can drag on for many, many years. But let's say your fit out is expensive, then it's really good to agree upfront on that cost. Because in five years time, if the business is booming, they're not just looking at their fit out costs, they're looking at their lost revenue. They try and in, like, they inflate that one that was once 300 grand to a million dollars to get them out of the property because they're looking my food out cost me 300 i make x amount and it can get really it can get really ugly so it's best for the owners landlords to agree that up front sometimes it feels a bit daunting it's like you're signing in a tenant for three years and you may have to pay them out 300 grand and the rent's only x amount but you've got to remember you're only going to execute that if you've got the big development potential so it's either have no tenant for a couple of years or don't have it in there and have a shit fight later. So, and a lot of time, Mark, if they're on selling the development, the developer's going to be paying for that anyway. So, and you know what? Um, with that, with that demolition clause, sometimes people think it's evil that the landlord wants to develop and makes heaps of money. But I've known, like in Parramatta, for instance, there's been, I've got clients that, they, even though they, they could get 30, 40, 50 stories where they were, they didn't want to develop it. They didn't want to sell it. But their land tax went absolutely through the roof. So where they were paying per year land tax 15, 35 grand, that suddenly went up to 300,000 a year of land tax. And the owner's going, well, I'm stuck with a 30-year lease or a 20-year lease or a 15-year lease. My rent that was a hundred thousand year is inconsequential now that I'm having to pay a three hundred thousand dollar land tax because because the council rezoned it, the height got changed because the height got changed, the uh, land tax went up and the value of the property went up, and the owners are forced to sell their properties, but they can't actually sell their property because the developer doesn't want to buy it because the tenant's sitting on a 15, 25 year old lease. Very tricky. Yeah, and you're right about the land tax point of view because 
everyone blames owners or developers, but the government make policies to encourage these owners to sell to developers. Like if you've owned a property, like that land tax is one of the biggest reasons an owner will offload to a developer because now the land tax is more than all the rent combined because a lot of the older properties, Mark, they've only got a small building footprint and a lot of land. Like look at think of the ones we're aware of. They're small buildings. Like the income's tiny for the amount of land. Um, but that worked when land tax was small. But now it costs them money to hold it. So, yeah, there's a lot of reasons why. And also demolition clauses are for renovations as well. So you may be in a strata building and they've got to do scaffolding around and um, you may need to have words around that or even if you want to do stuff to the property. So demolition and renovation is the key there. And then, Burge, I've also seen some tenants actually win the jackpot um, hard when um, when developing comes through and there's no demolition clause. Um, yeah. So I, I, I know um, some family friends of mine were dealing with uh, Lang Walker, which is one of the biggest developers in Australia, and uh, Lang himself came through and said, hey, uh, exactly where your um, business is, um, exactly where your business is, is exactly where I want to put the mouth of a car park of a major shopping centre. <laughs> mm. uh, how long is your lease? And these guys turned around with went 10 years. Mm. That a five, but a fresh five by five. And he's like, you know, so he was, so he, he was basically absolutely rooted because um, he couldn't move this tenant. He actually paid them a million dollars to leave um, the tenants because there was no demolition clause, and he actually refitted out a brand new um, facility uh, and paid for the fit out as well to see them go out of that property. So, you know, this is lucrative. It could potentially be lucrative with or without demolition clause, potentially can be lucrative for the landlord or for the tenant. Yeah, in my experience, it's more... Think about there's only a certain amount of profit in a development, and most of it generally goes to the landowner trying to acquire the site. I've seen a lot of deals fall through because of a long lease and their expectation from the tenant or they've just, they throw out a million dollars and it's like, there's only a million dollars profit in it. Like, and your lease is 20 grand a year, 50 grand a year. So it's always, um, yeah, these days, then yeah, so much goes to the, there's not much profit in it, especially if it's a raw site. But um, yeah, I think that's a wrap. Demolition it's There's a wrap. And have a great weekend. I've been double jabbed. Good for and you. And I'm feeling good. Had my Panadols. I'm feeling fine. Apparently on the Pfizer is 60, 40% uh, chance it'll go wrong. 40% that 60 it'll go wrong and 40 it'll go right. And I, th- I think I've fallen into the 40%. Woohoo! Good for you. Thanks, guys. See you later.